This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the B-Sotted Pride of West London podcast. Uh, it's the first proper podcast of the new year, I think. So, yeah, happy new year to one and all. It's been a really eventful start of 2020 for, for Brentford Football Club. And uh, we'll be talking about pretty much everything that's going on at Griffin Park over the next hour or so. Uh, tonight, we're in the Prince Belusha on Twickenham Green. It's one of our favourite pubs on our, on our sort of rotation. It's the Prince of Pubs, as I call it, in, uh, in Twickenham. And tonight, they're looking after us just as well as they always do. If you're ever in Twickenham on a non-rugby day, get yourself down there. They will look right after you as well. Tonight, we have two special guests. Well, they're just normal guests, but I'll say the special anyway. We have Matt the Allard Allard. How are you, Matt? I'm very good, Dave. Um, always nice to be back here. Um, a little sh- walk down the road from me. Going a bit cold turkey myself. Uh, doing, I wouldn't say dry January, but I'm going to try and give it a try and give it a couple of weeks as well. Although I have said that I am going to fall off the wagon quite gladly on Saturday if we beat Queens Park Rangers. So. Uh, Brentford, your, my health is in your hands on, on Saturday afternoon. And to my left, I have Trevor Inns, who is banana on the Griffin Park grapevine. How are you, Trevor? I'm fine and um, happy to be to you, Dave. Happy to be to Matt. Happy to be to everybody else. Uh, it's a bit long for me to get here. It took me an hour on public transport to get here today. So, you know, I'm sure there's a fullest pub nearer nearer West London than, than this part of West London. But it was uh, it's so, so good to come out here in the... Nice countryside air, so... Yeah, well, it, it suited us perfectly <laughs> to be here. As, as you'll find out, you know, look after, look after number one and number two, and uh, if it's an hour, well, hey-ho. <laughs> um, as I said, it's been a really, really eventful start to the, uh, to the new year. FA Cup fever has enveloped Griffin Park. Has it? You know, we, we'll talk about this, because I think so many people have got so many different thoughts about the cup run. Drawing Leicester City... 
um, which happened live uh, on the Besotted Radio Show on Monday night. Uh, congratulations to XG Dave and Robin Hood. Um, it's an excellent Besotted Radio Show. I've re- I listened to it uh, yesterday morning, um, and to hear the rea- their reactions when Leicester City came out of the uh, to the cup draw. You know, obviously it's a Premiership club. It's at Griffin Park. It's you know it's what a lot of people wanted. It may not be one of the you know the big three or four clubs in terms of the magnitude but in terms of a you know a cup tie uh and hoping that both teams filled what is you know <laughs> resembles a, you know a decent lineup it should be an absolutely cracking game so while our food is on its way we'll have a little twang and then we're going to come straight back and talk about the FA Cup <laughs> FA Cup fever are you affected by this illness or are you keeping things in a little bit more perspective? Um, if you go through Twitter and you look on your WhatsApp groups, is you know I'm sure our WhatsApp groups representative of pretty much everyone else's, uh, and the, the 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 thoughts seem to be all over the place. As I said on the intro, some people are really potty for the cup. Others are kind of kind of a bit more philosophical about it and wanna wanna just kind of just see what happens and concentrate on the league a bit more. But can we really have it both ways, Matt? Do you know are we? We, we can't have a cup run and not really try and get ourselves through this. You know, how, how the hell should we approach this Leicester game? Well, we can have a cup run. We're not really throwing the towel in by putting the non-first team players out, assuming we do. Um, what we're doing is we're just putting a weaker team but asking them to to do the job. It, it's Is it throwing the towel in? I, they're all playing for their future at Brentford, so... It's not like we don't. It's not like they're going to turn up and not care and not try, um, but it might not be our strongest team. I think before the Forest game was rescheduled, and maybe that caught me a little bit out by surprise. I actually thought, oh well, at least with the Leicester game, we can throw a decently strong side in there because we're playing Saturday to Saturday to Saturday, um, and then. And then I think the fifth round moves to midweek. So obviously you probably play both Saturdays either side of that. And that is something else to look at as to what you do with that. Uh, with the Forest game, I think, again, it makes it more difficult with the Forest game following the Cup game. I think if the Forest game was the week before the Cup game, and I, I know there's probably reasons why it isn't, um, then you can look at what you've got available on the Friday, go into the Cup game with a relatively strong team, still knowing you've got a week to recover it is it's it's very very difficult there's 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 certainly statistics out there that say if players play too much they're more likely to get injured I know we all talk about you know they should be able to play twice a week or whatever they're professionals etc 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 but when you put your body you know out there and it is you know it's physical game football and um you know if you don't if you don't leave much in the dressing room, then then the chance of getting injured increases when you play regularly. And we don't have a massively we don't have a massive squad. If you look at the Stoke squad, which probably had you know a good number of changes on Saturday, still a lot of them have played a lot of first team games this season. We don't have a squad like that. We you know our first eleven kind of picks itself. Might be two or three others that would have an argument. Um, but so yeah, I. I don't think it means we're throwing the towel in. It's just the way we're going to approach it. I think the stats were 9,000 minutes for Stokes collective starting 11 and 2,000 for, for the Brentford starting 11. So, you know, it shows there was a kind of a bit of a mismatch there in terms of experience. Leicester City are a proper big fish to come down. You know, historically, you don't look at them as, as in the same light as you do 
Chelsea and Tottenham and Liverpool and Arsenal or whatever, but they were Premier League champions three or four years ago. Um, they've got household names. They've got an, enough about them to, to really do a job on us if they play at their top. Um, performances and we don't uh, saving graces as far as I'm concerned is they've got a premiership fixture the Wednesday before they come to Griffin Park and then they've got the second leg of the League Cup semi-final against Aston Villa on the Tuesday afterwards so they probably are going to rest their, their top players depending on the the, uh, the the result of the first leg of the semi-final tonight Trevor what are you expecting? You know, again, you're someone that divulge, you know, um, that take, taking a lot of information through the grapevine and, and, and on Twitter. What, how are you reading people's kind of vibes about this, this cut run? Well, I think, uh, yeah, as you say, opinions are diverse. I, we, we, we put a Twitter poll up, I'm not sure if you saw it, Dave, and I think about 600 people voted and, the op- and two-thirds of those voted for strongest possible 11. That was before um, the Forest match got moved. And I'm sure it was us that basically acquiesced that Forest match being moved to Tuesday. And I think that basically uh, put a line in the sand about what team we intended to play on, on Saturday. Um, I'm not sure I would have done that because that means that Forest have got a week's rest before they play us. We're very good to have a few days. So again, it means that I think that we all know what team we're going to get against Leicester. And I'm a bit, bit concerned about that because, to your point... We could end up with a Tonkin if we don't put out at least some sort of guile and muscle in there like we had with Ethan Piddick on against against Stoke. So yeah, I'm not I'm not that happy. I'm not that happy we moved the Forest game to Tuesday and I was looking forward to um a decent cup tie at Griffin Park. Um but then to to Matt's point earlier what next? What next is a, is a Tuesday cut fixture. We wouldn't be playing a strong side, whoever it was. And if we got Liverpool at home, if we do get Liverpool at home, we still will be playing a, uh, a, no, a sub, or certainly won't be playing our, our strongest eleven. This this might sound a bit wrong, the way I'm going to put this, but it does seem to me that a lot of people want it both ways. They want the cup run and they want us to field a good team and they want to, they want to put us, yeah, want to put the double. And they, they want Brentford to progress as far as they can in the competition. But they also really want the league to become the priority at the same time. We can't have it, we can't have it both ways. Do we, do we field a team that goes out with dignity at home against Leicester City so it doesn't really impact us for the rest of the season? Assuming that we are going to be in the you know the promotion stroke playoff shake up in may or do we actually give this a proper go because we could get we could get through to the quarterfinals and then depending on who you draw you know we we always see a championship team get to the semis these days can you i mean and yeah people do see it you know people say oh we got to do this and we've got to do that and then but we do need to win the league and 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 a lot of people will in their heads think I'll just get the first team to play on the Saturday and the Tuesday. But as Trevor's just pointed out, Forest aren't playing on the Saturday. So that that really makes that a very difficult thing to do because you're putting, you know, 11 players out potentially that have got 90 minutes of their foot, of legs in, of football in their legs from just three days ago. Again, if you go back and look at stats, I think it's within three days. It does affect the result um, of, a, of another game. I think maybe if you get one extra day, it's it's less so. But I've certainly read this, 
So it's it's a difficult one. I wonder, you know, I, you know, Trevor said about um, Pinnock playing. I, there's no reason why we can't play one of three centre backs that are all first team quality. You know, Jean Vier or Pinnock could play. Um, I just wonder if we could give a sort of a, a, a backbone to the team. You know, like could we? It may depend if we sign anyone in the transfer window. Um, but can we give it a backbone? Can we give at least a central defender, a central midfielder, and this is where it gets difficult, a centre forward with with that sort of, you know, that base, that spine people talk about of first team players and then build the rest of the team around it? That's another, you know, factor that I was really pleased about on, on Saturday when, you know, when we, when we beat Stoke was the fact that Halil Devesoglu and Emilio Marcondes, they really contributed a fair amount you know think both think for both of them they were they were first starts for a long time for Brentford in a in a very strange um setup they can you know they can play up I wouldn't actually consider those two as weakened as a weakened Brentford team and, and you could almost say that was the spine couldn't you in in some respects in terms of player you know the amount of minutes they've played at a higher level the spine was Pinnock Marcondes and Devasoglu, albeit that it was Devasoglu's debut, but nevertheless he's played quite a lot of minutes this season in the top league in in in, in the top Dutch league. So you know, in in a funny sort of way, that was our spine. And can we produce a similar or even slightly stronger spine, you know, for this game against Leicester? And it's it with our squad side, it's very very difficult, especially with you know an injury to Canos here and and a few other bits and pieces going on. I mean, it really is fascinating. And, and, and as I say, you know, it isn't a knock at anyone, that pe- people that want it both ways, because don't we all? We obviously all want a cup run and we obviously all want to go up. Yeah, but Dave, I mean, the, the FA Cup's every year, you could say. Um, to win the FA Cup, we've probably got to beat Manchester City or Liverpool. Probably isn't going to happen. Um, uh, but, but you're still only three games from Wembley yeah, at this point. I, 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 I agree, but I think that the... Differences and the differences from previous seasons have both been in when the third round actually was. It was just 72 hours after the New Year's Day game, whereas before it's been longer than that. Um, and, and also where we are in the league, if we were the 11th or 12th, we would be playing the first team in this fixture, I'm sure. And we would be, all of us in this room and probably beyond this room, would be very disappointed if we weren't playing a, a, a full-strength team. But I can't, I can't get my ear up against... You know the people who make the decisions about what team we're going to get that actually gets played. In this instance, um, this is a decent opportunity we've got in the league. Uh, we'll probably end up in the playoffs, and we've got a decent chance of catching Leeds or West Brom. So, you know, why why roll the dice against our promotion this season when we could win the FA Cup sometime next 130 years? Look, we, you know, these decisions haven't got to be made tonight. Absolutely not. You know, we, if, if we do beat Queenspot Rangers on Saturday morning, then we go away to Huddersfield and we take three points there as well. You know, going into the FA Cup game, we would hopefully be breathing down the neck of those top two teams. And then it changes the whole dynamic. But at the moment, you know, sat, sat nine points behind the top three. And then with, you know, I would say a winnable Cup tie because Leicester aren't going to go 100% full strength with us. So you, you take a few of them out, and with us playing at our full potential, there's, 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 a, there's a banana skin there for Leicester. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually quite potty for the cup. Yeah, definitely potty for it. I mean, it, I, I can't wait for the game. 
Uh, I hope it's at three o'clock on a Saturday, but that's not even clear at the moment and there's a good chance it won't be. I think because of Leicester's other games, it's likely to be on the Saturday, but maybe not at three o'clock. What we're going to do now is take a little bit of a twang again. We're going to, we actually, we're going to talk a bit more about the twang, because the twang, it happens, and I think, I think everyone knows it. I'm not sure everyone knows where it's from. So we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more of the twang history, not the band, the actual, the actual twang. Yeah, I was just going to oh, say, yeah. Although I like the twang. They're West, yeah. they're West Brom boys, aren't they? They are. Are they West Brom? I, I know they're from the Birmingham vicinity. I can't, I'm not sure. Yeah, they West Brom, do you say? Well, yeah, I'll say yeah. I'll say I'm right, but I may be wrong. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk about the twang in a little bit. But after this, we will talk about the new stadium. Um, A lot of people are getting their knickers in a twist and confused and worried um, about whether they're going to miss out on prime seating at whatever the new stadium is still going to be called. So uh, sit back, relax and enjoy the twang. It's in his nature, his misbehaviour, the misdemeanours The boy ain't no Jewish, keeps a run at all It's in his nature, his misbehaviour, the misdemeanours The boy ain't no Jewish, keeps a run at all so anyone that's gone past the new stadium recently, uh, you've 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 can't be under any uh, illusion that it's it's almost done. The the weeks are ticking past, and the stadium is it's real. You know we're gonna we are gonna be playing there at the start of next season, and in six weeks' time, it's is really gonna be finished, and the, the contractors probably would have moved out. So it's something that we've. Put to the back of our minds, a lot of us, for as long as we can. We, we're going to enjoy Griffin Park for as long as we can too. But now it's about making sure we get a seat that we're pleased with and um, making sure that we're surrounded by fans like ourselves or surrounded by fans that you've sat with for as long as far back as you can remember. And the the experience when we move is not going to be uh, you know diluted in any way, shape or form. Uh, something, as I said earlier, I've, I've put my, my head in the ground a little bit in terms of my personal situation. Um, it's only now that it's, it's reared its head and I have to actually consider where and who I want to sit with or stand with, but we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that later on. Trevor, this is something that you've been paying close attention to as well. You know, you've got thousands and thousands of uh, members on, on the GPG are all, are all kind of embroiled in this as well. There is a there is a sense of confusion and there is a sense of of, of worry about this. How 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 worried should people be? Yeah, I think I think you're right, um, Dave. There, there's there's a lot of let's call it fear and worry um, about will people get the seat that they got their eye on, and and I say that you know it's it's it's. And and what with the um, season tickets finally going on sale this week and all the pictures of all the pictures were quite joyous pictures we've seen from um, the reservation centre on Twitter from the club and everything else. People are getting really now excited about actually having their seats, um, and that's also led to other people saying, "Well, hang on, why haven't I been invited? Where's my? Why am I so far down in the queue?" And I think what probably hasn't been said is um, there's been some 
I mean, it's been really good analysis, I think, done by the club over a, a number of many, many months about how, how this is going to work. I think part of the problem is we've had expectations given in the past, over the past few seasons of, oh, if you buy a season ticket now, then you'll be in the priority list for the new stadium or whatever else. But when that people looked at the data, they found, for example, that people who've got tickets on the halfway line now won't qualify for tickets on the halfway line in, in, um, in the new stadium. So I think quite correctly and quite fairly, they said, well, these people sit on the halfway line now, they should be able to get a ticket on the halfway line in Lionel Road. They've been here hundreds of years or whatever else, but they don't have any tap points because they don't go to Carlisle that often. So this week, what we're seeing is people that are in the central blocks in New Road and Braemar Road getting access to the halfway line, the half, you know, the centre block of the new of the north stand in, in Lionel Road. And from Friday, I think, people in Eden Road... Um, will be able to get access to the West Stand. And then I think after that, after a few days of that, then we're back into really how many years we've been a season ticket holder, how many tap points do you have. I don't think anybody's got anything to worry about. I mean, we've seen a few pictures of how many tickets have been sold in the, in the Neuro Central Blocks. There's plenty of seats there and there's plenty of seats elsewhere. And don't forget there's ordinary, let's call it non-premium seats available I'm in the south stand at both ends of the stadium, um, and there's plenty of space in the new in 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 the north stand as well. So, and I know there's some very um, supporters that we all know that probably don't get into the the reservation centre until towards the end of the month. So, um, it will happen. But I, I think what we can say is the seat that you'll end up with will be at least as good in the whole in the round as the seat you've got today in in um, in Griffin Park. So you know, what we're seeing at the moment is the, the special people in special locations transferring to similar locations uh, in, in a new stadium. Um, and that's a, a pre-sale, let's call it like that. The real stuff comes the end of next week, probably. I think, you know, this FOMO, this fear of missing out is, is you know, it's, it's a big thing in our lives, you know, where so much of what we do now is uh, is controlled online. You know, you have to apply for things using computer systems, booking systems, forms, and it's a bit faceless and you, you're kind of never quite sure whether the details you put in or the, the order is exactly what you want it to be. People that want to be singing and getting those people in the areas where they can create the right atmosphere, that's, that's going to be key to all of this as well. Uh, uh, do you think the club are paying as, as much attention to this as they should? Yeah, and I think uh, this is, again, I mean, you've been in those business with the Ticket Focus Group over the many, many months over the past year or so, and trying to get this right is, is, is critical if we're not going to have another, let's call it West Ham United scenario. And in fact, I think myself and Bias and the West End Alliance, we met with John Varney and the, um, the reservation desk, sorry, the reservation team uh, before the game against Stoke just to hammer out what exactly, you know, what, what, what the West End Alliance are going to get in the, in the home end. So essentially at the back of the, the, back of the stand, um, there's going to be the West End Alliance area, which is where essentially the, the most focal, let's call it, of the of the Eden Road support is going to go. And you can self-select to go there, but you need to understand, you need to, you know, you, sorry, Matt, yeah. you go on. Question about that. Is that the bottom tier or the upper tier? It's, it's, it's the back of the back of the upper tier. Right. So it's the, it's a, a, it's a five or six rows from the back and the central blocks. Um, and it's also going to be sort of a, a super block for the, the, 
you know, the 30 or 40 or so real singers in there as well. So the idea is we can take those people in those positions in Elam Road, put them in a similar position to West End and hopefully uh, get that right and make sure we transfer that atmosphere. And we're wound, I think the club and everybody else, the sports group, is doing as much as they can to make that happen. And that's where all the clappers and the drums are going to be, yeah? That's right. We've got to buy the drum. Um, no, no, less, 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 less. No, no, I jest, I jest. We've gone very serious, but I, I thought, I, as always, I, 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 my, my serious barometer was almost going too far into the red. I can't, I can't cope with it. I have, I, I have to, I have to lower the tone or lighten the mood. That's, so that's, that's the way I, uh, way I roll. Um, so we also have to remember here that the ground we're moving to, although it's not 50,000, it's bigger than the one we're in. So assuming, assuming everyone that's qualified for a season ticket doesn't buy three, then if you've got a season ticket, you're not going to not get a season ticket. No, and perhaps this is the other point we should make. There's, a, a, again, a lot of fear that people are turning up buying season tickets for people that have never been to a football match before because everybody's entitled to buy two season tickets in addition to the one they've got. Whereas, in fact, what people are using that for, like, if I've been going, if I've got a season ticket for eight years and you've got one for seven years, Dave, and you've got one for seven years, Matt, then we can book that when I book my eight-year one. It's No one's going to bring two people that have never been to a football match before. It's just people who, probably you, Dave, and also there's a lot of sort of data errors as well, unsurprisingly. There's a number of people who do have, been, have had a season ticket for eight years, but for one reason or another, they just don't have that data correct in the club. So it's, it's, I don't, I have no, I have very little concern that we're going to end up with a, a situation where a lot of new supporters are going to nab all the areas, all this, all the, all the premium areas, and people who have been coming for hundreds of years are going to be in the corners. It's not going to... One of the things that's uh, kind of pleased me to a certain extent is that everyone is going to get an appointment with, with, with the club so they can actually talk through their exact circumstances they can talk about their fears you know if, if you are if you've got actually got serious concerns then drop the club an email and I, I, I would hazard a guess that they're going to get right back at you because you know for them to get this right is as important as it is for us to want them to get it right if you know what I mean the last thing they want is negative publicity about this move yeah it's not only that they, the club don't want people to go to the wrong area either because it means they have to move them and that takes time and energy so it's, for, it's, it's in all of our interest to put people in the, in the, right, in the right spot from, from day one and the supporters group have been saying to the club we don't want people incentivised on sales here. We want to make sure people get in the right place. Um, and I think that message has come across loud and clear and John Varney and James and Sally and others have been listening to us. And, you know, we've got no reason to, to disbelieve them that that's, that's what they want to do. We've been assured that that's what's going to happen. Um, and I think that we have to take it as a collective between the supporters, the fan groups and the club you know, to make this happen. We can't just say, oh, you know, just turn up and complain when... It's another West Ham or whatever else. We have to be, we have to be, we have to be proactive. We have to be involved. We have to work with the club. We have to make it happen. It's our, it's our supporters that have to make it happen. We shouldn't, we shouldn't have to rely on the club. We have to make it happen. Well, I mean, and, and look as well. You know, it's same with any any customer service, any 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 kind of purchasing, any any dealings with the public. You're also going to get p- people that kind of don't take the time and effort to do the research or find out the information. Um, they put it all off and then assume it's all going to be all right and it doesn't quite work out and pretty not i wouldn't say you've only got yourselves to blame but there's now's the time to start thinking about how it affects you yeah and another thing i want to say about the west stand is what again people need to remember is 
that whole area could be earmarked for safe standing. So if you're not prepared to stand for an entire match, eventually, probably don't buy a ticket in the West Stand. Because if you do buy a ticket in the West Stand and then it turns into safe standing, you may find problems finding the ticket elsewhere in the stadium. So you need to start thinking ahead, you know, is, is this West Stand really for me or is it a place for for younger people who can jump up and down and whatever else, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a really important message. And that, this isn't, you know, dictating to people, but it's, it, that West End is hopefully going to be the, the standing area in the new stadium. We're, we'll have a talk about this at, 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 at greater length in the next few weeks. But if you're not, if you are going to, if you're the kind of person that does get the hump when someone stands up in front of you, please don't go there. Because we want as many people standing up, jumping up and down and getting behind the team as we can. We want that all the way around the ground, ideally. But if, you, if, if, if it's important to you not to be stood up in front of, stand, get your tickets at the front, towards the front of any section in the, in the ground. There's three other stands I would suggest that I can go to. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, is it, you know, it's just like... This is the time to think about the implications of everyone's decisions. Yeah. And if if you are sensitive to having your you know your 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 sights blocked, then always buy them towards the front or away from the singers. Matt, are you are you clear in your mind where you're going? I, I'm very clear, and it's not because I don't want to stand. I like standing behind the goal, but I do it away games. So at home games, and I traditionally I've always been New Road. I've never moved from when it was standing there to. You know, when it was, um, when the away sports were one end and the other end, and da, da, da. I've always been literally in the same area, New Road, within probably never moved between five and ten metres from when it was standing to when it's seating. Uh, so, from my perspective, I know what I want is that I'm going to carry on that experience, and at away games, I'm going to go behind the goal normally and hopefully st- stand, if I'm honest, and, and we all know the, you know, where the problems arise for that. Uh, so, for, so for what I'm looking for is that, you know, as long as I can be as close to the centre line, I'm not on the centre line by any stretch of the imagination, I'm in five, block 502 in New Road, as long as I can find something similar, um, that, that's all well and good. Uh, my only slight concern, it's a bit of an odd one, but I don't know if other people have thought about it, is because I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, so, so before the game, am I going to approach it from Q Bridge or am I going to approach it from where I currently approach it from out on the A4? Um, that may sort of make me think about where, whether I want to go north or south stand. Uh, so I need to kind of get that in my head before our appointment in a week or so's time. Um, along with the other people in the group, it's a, it's a democracy, our group, of course. You are going to give a big shout out to the 502 crew. The 502 crew, yeah. And in fact, actually, I can't make the appointment because I'm, I'm going to be away and we would have had to have delayed the appointment, which I don't think would have been a sensible thing. So, the, so Simon... Tabitha, Darren, I think you're the ones that are going on the day. Get it right, yeah? No pressure on you guys. I'm a, I'm yeah, get it, get it right, 502 crew. Um, while we're talking about this, before we move on and go post-twang, uh, we, we, did, we did talk about safe standing. Um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of talk about this between now and opening the stadium next season. I think, realistically, the club have to do their safety events they need to get their um, certificate so they can actually hold events at the stadium they need to get all the authorities and the stewards all on board everything has to be dotted and crossed and 
everything needs to be squeaky clean and done by the letter of the law. At the moment, safe standing isn't legal. Um, it's where it's not gone, you know, it's not been heard, the, 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 the proposals for Parliament to discuss this and, and get, get this like, out into the public domain and get a, a sensible solution with rail seating or rail standing and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think there's going to be an appetite for bringing this up much officially between now and next season. Are you agreeing with that? I think Parliament's got other things on its mind, don't you? Well, uh, yeah, but the, uh, the only B word I want to be mentioning here is Brentford. But, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the club itself. I mean, the, online you're going to get, you know, a lot of people, uh, rightly, who are going to be saying, you know, come on, come on, you know, this is a new stadium, we need to be standing up, safe standing needs to be talked about. But there's a time and a place for that. Do you think this is the time and the place? Uh, probably not. I mean, the club's position is, and they made it very clear to everybody, including the West End Alliance and the meetings we had in, in with, with, with the fans groups, it's an all-seater stadium. And if we're going to get a license for all 17,000 odd seats, then it is to be an all-seater stadium. Um, but of course, there's only one steward and he can only tell you to sit down one person at a time. He's going to start from the front and he's going to work his way up to the back. So, um, yeah, but... Um, yeah, I can uh, see you winking. We can all wink at each other, about, but it's an all—it's an all-seat. It's yeah, meant to be an all-seat. Uh, but you know, the reason I mention this is that it's about managing expectations, and you know, and, and if if that is high up on your list, then just because it's not being talked about at the moment doesn't mean it's not going to happen, and it's not important. But you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you can only deal with what with what the law is and where it is at the moment, and it's very difficult to, you know, I think the club are in a slightly difficult position because, you know, they can't advertise that stand this is a you know this is a standing area etc 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 so it's difficult at the moment and everybody needs to basically hopefully get the messages out there via all means word of mouth social media whatever that that this is the way we're going to self-manage to some extent um, the west stand in the new stadium so when the arrival of the internet occurred about 1999, 2000, depending on... The te- yeah, the web, the, inter- the inter- internet web. Uh, yeah, about the, ch- about the turn of the millennia, really, is when the techie people kind of got involved in it and the ones after that, probably a little bit, you know, a couple of years later on. But pretty much early on, there was a, a, a presence, a, a, a Brentford fan presence on, on the internet almost straight away. Um, Besotted t- teamed up with... What, looking back, was a ridiculously awful uh, embryonic website. We did that for a year or so. Um, And then the Griffin Park Grapevine emerged, which was a bulletin board, um, which uh, it allowed Brentford fans to discuss, connect online and discuss topics, whatever they wanted. From a personal perspective, I found it historically a hostile environment or it, it, it had that reputation. But... Over the years, it, it certainly seems to uh, have, have, have got a lot more serious and there seems to be a lot more debating and, uh, and discussion going on there. Um, Brentford, um, the besotted Brentford site, 
then was taken, well, not taken over, but Rivals.com, I don't know if you remember that, they, they had a huge network of, uh, of, uh, of, of fan content, which we signed up to in about 2003. And we kept that going for about five years. Really, really great platform, uh, really good way of connecting with other club fans. And the, te- the technology at the time was really excellent. They were, they were trying to encourage us to provide video content and audio content. And they, they, were, they, you know, they, they, they were successful in the States and they brought it over here. They went bust. Um, there wasn't enough advertising revenue in it. Uh, if they'd have kept going for probably another ten years, they'd already cleaned up. I would have, I would have thought because they were one of the first. But as I said, the Griffin Park Grapevine has been there for a very, very long time. And um, Trevor Inns, a banana, who a name that, that gets the trolls twitchy, um, but he's been in charge of, of, of the Grapevine for a, a very long time. So he's he's a, he's a friend of ours. He he has got his head screwed on the right way on over so many so many issues and so many topics and he's he's another he's like a sponge for information and and he he, he can he can express it very well so the the, the grapevine trevor this must take up a load of your time <laughs> um not really you'll be surprised i mean uh, it's taken up less and less of my time i think it's kind of i think in the start it was taken up a lot of my time yeah a lot of moderation or whatever else um but I think now it's in a good state. I don't think we have... It doesn't take up anybody's time, including the uh, the very wonderful group of moderators that help me out from time to time. Um, I think it started, I think... It started, not inside the web, but it was inside the web, wasn't it, in 1995 or something like that. I got involved in 2001. Um, I think when Mark Chapman was running it during the age of Ron Nose and Mark was working at the club, and I think it was thought by by our supporters that it would be better with you know, being completely independent from the club at the time and I had the right technical know-how and skills to help out and get and and, and, uh, and help out. And, um, and since then, yeah, I've been running it almost four times since then. Um, and I think what makes it... Well, I, I, and I think what the GPG has helped with is um, Brem supporters, I think, were really well organised around the nodes era and whatever else. And the, and the great find then was... Um, I think a critical communication tool for everybody involved in that time and it's remained so more or less ever since. We've had Twitter and Facebook and all that other stuff can come into it. But I think when you wanna when times are serious and times are are critical then um the GPG is still to my mind, uh, the, the the most serious place you can get decent information. So you I mean so you know Taking one step back, what you were saying, it takes less and less of your time. So it's self, it's more self-policing now, is it? There's, it's a more of an environment where people can go and they don't, it's not toxic and they're able to have a conversation without getting slagged down every two seconds, like Twitter can be. Well, it all depends. I mean, there's always individuals on there that will want to have a, a fight, a fight uh, of, uh, verbally um, before we just get rid of them. Now we try and nurture them a bit more. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. We've had instances recently where, you know, people might say there's um, uh, some posters have a are, are tone deaf to to um, uh, uh, the opposite view or whatever else. But we, I think it's a lot better than what it was. Um, it's also a lot quieter. Uh, I think Twitter and Facebook have had an input, an, an impact, to be honest. And also, I think we discussed this before, Dave. You know, everybody's got their WhatsApp group now as well. So. It's um, it's not as it's not as busy as now. And not only that, 
um, I think a lot of these other platforms are a lot more multimedia friendly, shall we say. It's easy to drop a picture into Facebook. It's easy to drop a picture onto Twitter, not onto the GPG. So we're looking at replatforming, let's call it. Uh, we've got some changes which I've been planning to do for quite a while, but just simply haven't had the time. So, um, but yeah, we're looking at new software. Uh, we're actually looking at basically archiving what we've got and starting again um, with a with a with a new new software. Uh, which should be um, uh, uh, a GPG 2.0, if you like. Sounds a bit like a threat, if I'm honest with you. I mean, no, 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 I think the, 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 dif- the, difference, the difference between uh, the GPG and Besotted's current platform is the fact that, you know, it's, it, yours is very much just, I wouldn't say one-dimensional, but it's, 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 a, it's a reading experience more than a multimedia experience. Well, no, I don't mean it's going to be um, videos done by myself or, or anybody else it just means that if people want to put a, a picture in a, a, a post right now you have to it's, you know, it's about a 10 yeah, stage yeah. process oh, okay. rather than just to you know, drag it out of your photos folder and pull it so, and drag so, it so you're just going to yeah. ma- maximize new technology yeah, to, yeah. To, to allow people to share content rather than just type words so which is great so you know on the grapevine as well i mean i don't know whether you've been a user recently or whether you've you know you've, you've you're lapsed or whatever but you, the one thing you, you will notice that as you say there's just so much archive stuff and something that you've kind of along with beside you've tried to get really decent interviews um with 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 players and with managers and, and the chairman uh, you know what what have, what would you say your you know your 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 greatest achievements or, or things that have given you the most pride well i think i think the thing is is that well when you find out that matthew benham has been actually looking at the uh, grapevine every day um since about the year 2000 um and you know we only got involved with matthew benham because when he was no longer the mysterious investor um, we knew he was on the GPG, so we dropped him a, a PM, a private message on the GPG saying, do you mind doing an interview with us? And he came back and said, yeah, sure. So um, it's been pretty good for 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 getting in touch with those kind of people and doing interviews with, you know, it's, Matt and I mean, that's, impo- that's an important point because, you know, it's in, a, in a similar way that, you know, we've built up a relationship with people at the club. These, these, are, these are relationships that are built up and the trust has been built up over over you know a decade, if not more, two decades. So you know um, this it's not coincidence. These you know with the dialogue and the conversations, they've they've actually been users and enjoying the content that's been put up there. Yeah, and I and I, I, I hope they um, know they're speaking with with people that will take a balanced view and and will you know behave in a sensible and trusting way. So and that's what I think what we've done with with everybody that we've we've spoken with. And you know, on or off the records, even today, you know, we speak with, as I'm sure you're aware, you know, many, many people at the club. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, so it's been, it's been good from that point of view. And, and to be fair, I probably, without the, the, the great fire, I probably wouldn't be speaking with you today, Dave. I never knew you or probably a thousand other people before. Uh, before I was involved with the great fight, and that includes um, Matthew and um, Martin Allen and, and, and Thomas and everybody else at the club. Everybody else at the club. And you have another hat, don't you? You have a, fl- a captain's, captain's hat. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? You mean the drone? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, people may not know you're, you're, you're behind the drone. Yes, I, I, I was trying to sort of keep it completely separate because, you know, people i just wanted to have people concentrating on the drone rather than personalities but then 
I told a couple of people who told a couple of people who told another couple of people. And then the club got involved and everybody bloody knew. So, um, yeah, everybody knows that. I think that it was, it was, I was flying the drone. I'm not sure how it started. Again, it's lost in Mr. Ties, but I think I thought, wouldn't it be a good idea if... And then, um, yeah, suddenly well, all, started. Well, all, all these ideas, it would be a good idea if, but you just got to get on and do them. Yeah, and no, I agree. And, 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 and to be fair, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to kick the club on this, but I don't think the club done a particularly great job on keeping us up to date with the, with the um, stadium. I'm, I'm not sure if you agree. Um, and I think uh, without... And I'm not, I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet or whatever else, but I think the drones provided a, a, uh, a, a vital um, updates to supporters on, on, on how the stadium's been going and, and it's done it in a... In an interesting way, even though I'd say so myself. Yeah, no, I, I think the, the footage has been has been excellent. You, you enjoyed it? Yeah, I have. Yeah, there's been some. It's been a, in a way. It's the way that I've seen the, you know, the ground grow. Um, the ground grow. Yeah, the ground, ground grow. grow. Yeah, <laughs> the ground grow. Uh, it's been yeah fascinating. There's been some really sort of good footage and stuff like that. I've um, I've been watching some of the videos. Yeah, for definite. Um, I, I want to ask a question about the GPG though. Has, um, has Thomas Frank been in touch? Is he is he trying to find out if Cliff Crown might be posting under a pseudonym? <laughs> well, the Cliff Crown is registered, although I, I don't think he posts. He posts very much. And um, I think when I asked about it recently, or recently, when was it? It might be when we had the stadium unveil. Um, he was saying no, he's, he's too busy to read that. He's got other people to read it for him, as as one would. So um, no, I don't think I don't think Thomas has got much to worry about in that in that. Uh, in that. <laughs> no Gromby no repeat then of the chairman posting on the fans forum. No, but there probably is uh, one supporter or two supporters who are still saying we we, we should have sacked him in uh, half time at Millwall or something. You know? So yeah, no. The other thing was yeah, yeah, I really did enjoy the Thomas Frank interview, but it wasn't as good as ours. So twang, we move on. As you know, we're right at the very beginning of the new transfer window. January's window is always a nervy time for us. We're never quite sure how that's going to impact us. The vibes we're getting, really, from some of the players and their agents, I don't think there's going to be a lot of activity. Famous last words, maybe, I don't know. Um, you know there's been a lot of talk about Saeed Ben Rama playing for a move. Uh, his performances and his tricks seem to have uh, been amplified in, in, in the last couple of weeks, but he just might be getting nearer back to his, his form. Um, you know, he was on fire towards, towards you know, the middle to the end of last season, and maybe he's just, you know, his confidence levels are, are, are increasing. So hopefully that's the case. We, what we don't really want is kind of too much upheaval, I, I would say, this window and uh, the, 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 the other really positive fact I, from my perspective was some of the fringe players came through that uh, FA Cup match and showed that they are able to step up if, if need be if we you know while I don't think our A team is going to vary uh, too much between now and the end of the season with any luck so that picks itself and people you know players will come in from the fringe as and when need be and you know we can we can call them in with a bit more confidence knowing that they've uh, they've they've dispatched one of the one of the strongest squads in this division uh trevor are you expecting much activity and if you are what are you expecting i'm i'm not expecting much at all and i think you know you've got to look at it and say i think thomas is right who wants to leave this team um watkins has basically said that he's not leaving. Ben Rama, I think you've got to look at, well, where would he go? 
and then if you say, okay, he might go to a team in the bottom five or six of the Premiership, why would he go? It doesn't make any any sense. I mean, everybody says whatever, wherever you are in the in the league, that you're two players short of a of a team, but I just don't see it. You know, which two players are we are we going to drop to the bench? And there's always the you know the what if. So what if Watkins breaks his leg in three places on playing ice hockey tomorrow or something like that? But I, I don't think you can legislate for that sort of thing. I think we've got a pretty stable squad. It's working. Uh, you can really stop well. him playing ice hockey, mate. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. He's a big fan, <laughs> you know. Um, so I, I I just don't see much much happening. I mean, we you know do hear rumours we might get you know a, a, a front type of player. Um, but we've got, you know, we've got Marcondi's back, I think, for for the rest of the season, although I don't know for sure. We can bring back Force if necessary, although I don't believe we're planning to. We've got um, Halil, who's just come in, who I thought you know, was a different type of forward. It gives us a plan B if, uh, in some matches. So I, I, I really don't see where we need to strengthen, to be, to be frank. And if you look at the Justice Leagues, then we, we, we are a clear sort of second or third in that as well. So I can't see where we're going to be. I can't see an obvious place uh, about where we're going to strengthen the squad right now. When the last transfer window shut at the end of August, we were reliant a lot on Ollie Watkins doing a great job for us because we thought we were well short um, up top. Um, he has he, he's done his work wonders. With all that in mind and knowing Marcondes and Divisoglu uh, are available, are you, are you concerned that we've got enough strength and depth to last us? I think we could probably do with one signing. I think, for me, the Ollie Watkins is one of the top three wide attacking players in the club as well as currently the best centre forward at the club. Um, so... If Oli, if you play the three, Ben Rama, Watkins, and Wemo, um, then you know Valencia is your next wide player. I'm not sure he is strong enough, if I'm honest. And then Devasoglu is your centre forward, and we've seen him play for 60, 70 minutes. I, I wonder. I don't see Zambrick as a... I know he's playing wide. For me, he's going to end up more central. It, I don't think he's got that pace. I don't think he beats players. You know, that, that's, that's my feeling. He's a clever player. He's a, he's a good player. But I, I believe he'll end up more central. So I don't really see him as, as a wide option. So I, I think... It, what I think would be nice is if we could consider playing Watkins as one of the two wide players. And that potentially, therefore, means we need someone else to play up front. That, that's all. I just think you need to keep legs fresh... Um, I think if we get into a run of playing twice a week, um, which may be because of our cut run, or <laughs> which I know we've kind of said isn't going to happen, or it could be because of another club's cut run, it's still you know not beyond the realms of possibility that'll happen. So, but I'm going around in circles. The same point: you don't get much value in this transfer window, and I don't, I don't really see us going out and buying somebody if it's not value. I quite, I quite like the vagueness of this because there's, there's, there's no actual, there's no proof that anything, anyone's going to go and there's no real indication that anyone's going to come in. Obviously, you know, it's a long way to go between now and the end of the month. 
there's newspaper talk. There's newspaper talk. I saw the Telegraph mention that Neil Morpay might be going to Napoli for £40 million, but that, that, that won't happen, I wouldn't imagine. Um, and Lyle Taylor is another name that keeps... His, his departure from Charlton, are we going to be interested in anyone like that? Um, I think the jungle drums have said we're not interested in that. Um, and I think, just back to, to Matt's point about depth, um, we've still got to provide places. I think if you speak to you know, people who are the, make these decisions, then we've still got to provide pathways to B-team players. And I think you look at uh, Rosleff, you look at Zambrak, you know, those, those big guys have come and done a great job. So I don't think we need to necessarily go out and find some depth. But there's always somebody who will say, oh, well, we need more players, we need more strength, look at the bench, it's not this, it's not that. But I, I, I don't necessarily see that. I, I see, I, I'll approach it a different way then. I would say that if we had another centre-forward, an out-and-out centre-forward, yeah, we don't know yet, but, but if we did, then I would say nothing to, nothing to worry about, let's crack on. And, and I think in a way that answers my question, um, that answers your question, not my question, that answers your question. Is, and, 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 and I was saying this, you know, over, I think, just before Christmas. So you would spend £4 million on Lyle from Charlton then? I didn't say that. I wouldn't necessarily sign him. So what's, what's the, what is your solution then to another centre-forward? What, who we would sign? How, how would you... Where would the centre forward have come from? This mysterious centre forward. He, so he would have to be somebody that was relatively young, um, have some experience, and we'd probably and maybe we'd sign him for three million or something like that. And I don't know who he is because I'm not out there looking. Hello. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I think, but you know, I think the point is is a strong one. You know, we we are still light for a recognised number nine, let's call him. Um, and, and Watkins has made that position more than his own um, as, as the season's unfolded. Halil, it would, it would seem to me, is going to be... Uh, it was showed enough on Saturday that you, why, why wouldn't you have him on the bench to, to cover for that position? Um, you know, Joe Hardy was someone that we thought was scoring enough goals to put him in contention. He's, he's a player that's gone to, to Liverpool this week to join their under-23s. There has been comments saying, you know, have we made a big mistake here or whatever? But, you know, it, 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 it's something that you talk about a lot is scoring goals isn't always what our coaches look yeah. at. And that's the point I'm making is, is just making sure we have a player that can play through the middle up top that will enable us to carry on doing what we're doing. Which that's is, all I'm which saying. Is, which is creating lots of chances and scoring goals throughout the team. Exactly. And and I've seen 70 minutes of Divisoglu and I was impressed. I'm just, you know, we're three weeks away from the end of the transfer window. <coughs> I, may, I might feel differently in two weeks, but the odds are I probably won't see him play much again in the next two weeks. So that that's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, we do have alternatives as well that we haven't even tried. Maybe Bueno up front as well. With you know, so there's 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 but, various. But if, if if we thought that was an option, would he not have gone up front when he came on? He did come on Saturday, didn't he? But we put but we had De Silva up front. So I, and I must admit, on Saturday when I saw De Silva playing up front, I did kind of think, mm, are we a bit short? But that was that was solving a different problem. That was just to close out the game. 
Yeah, as his thirty-second run proved. Yeah, yeah. We 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 are we are what are we seventh of January now? We've got another three weeks of this. So uh, I'm I'm hoping we're we're just as kind of um, going through a few scenarios as much as we are at the moment. Yeah, and to be honest, hopefully I'll have a completely different point of view in three weeks' time. It's just I don't think I'm going to see much of Devasoglu. No, no, I agree. None of us have got a Devasoglu crystal ball, but I, I think that. He's been brought in this window after being given the first part of the season in Rotterdam to to do this job. This this isn't a coincidence. Um, and when when the DOFs have seen how how Watkins is performing, they I think they're going to be quite happy to have uh, Halil. Um, being his understudy, so let, let's let's see how the rest of January works out. Let's see how Saturday works out. You know, I, I we're talking about me being potty for the Blooming Cup run. I'm actually potty for Saturday morning's visit by Queens Park Rangers. Uh, we 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 did a, a proper proper job on Rangers at Loftus Road um, in November. Um, I've got the confidence we're going to do another demolition job on them. They've they've been doing, they're in good form. They've scored lots of goals. Um, as I said, XG Dave and um, Robin Hood, they did a really, really good job on Monday um, and, they, and they did preview um, the Queen's Park Rangers game to a, to a certain extent and they, they were pretty confident. They were saying that Warbs can only play one way. Um, his team have scored plenty of goals against Cardiff, we, which they scored more goals than we did against Cardiff. But if, you know, if anyone's seen any of the defending from that game, and they scored five against Swansea um, in the FA Cup at the weekend um, when um, you've got Jake Bidwell playing centre-back. Jake Bidwell playing anywhere in the defence at the moment, I'd I, I say he's jokeable, but uh, you know, as, as a centre-back, not really, his, not really his position. So... QPR coming to Brentford. Let's have a twang. We'll talk about this and we'll also hear from Paul Finney, um, who runs the QPR podcast, The Finney Man. He'll be telling us what he thinks of Saturday's fixture. Our season so far has been interesting, to say the least. We've managed to start really well. A lot of belief, a lot of away wins. Lots of goals both ends and kind of allowed ourselves to get carried away on a, on a wave of optimism. And then it all, as usual, these things came crashing down and we had a bit of a reality kick. Um, that said, we were losing games, but we were creating chances. But the worrying thing was that we stopped scoring more than we st- when we let in more than what we scored. That's for sure. So that that was a bit of a worry. Then along came, um, like for instance, when we played Reading and Charlton, we probably had more possession. But possession means nothing, and not, I know that. Uh, going back to Warburton, and since he's come in, he's he, he's certainly he's got the best out of players, and his belief in the players and man management seems to be pretty damn good. He's also installed this kind of. Um, belief in playing from the back, which has been a wee bit complicated and a wee bit hard to um, put through and, and, and communicate with the players because it's a whole new system that we're trying to do and kind of having problems with both goalkeepers adapted to it. You know, we've got Lumley, who's been much maligned by um, people in the press and so on for some pretty bad errors, to be fair. But then... He's also made some pretty damn good saves and he's young and <laughs> trouble with keepers these days. They don't really get a chance. They've got to be everything to everyone um, as soon as possible rather than actually learn the trade like the old days. Um, and so Kelly's come in. He hasn't been better 
so then Lumley came back in. So that was how it was. So certainly Warburton is, is going forward. We look pretty excited. Possession-wise, we look pretty good defensively. Yeah, he's having his problems, but to be fair, he wouldn't be the first and last because we've had that for quite a few years now, as you guys well know, because you keep flipping bitterness. So the defence has been rocky for a few years. So it's it, there's a lot of work to do there. Um, as for Eze, shall we keep him? Well, no one, as you well know, you guys um, have got a great buy and sell policy. Um, obviously, if someone comes in with a, a bid, we'll probably lose Eze. And um, that would be a real shame because at last we've got a player who is a nice guy on and off the pitch, but also an absolute genuine talent. And it's something that Wolverton seems to be able to tune into. And we're certainly getting the best out of him. But what we're also doing is he's bringing other people into the game, which is something that we've lacked for quite a long time. So... I'm really pleased that he's finally doing that, and he's, he, we're, we're giving it a right go with teams. And certainly with with, with attitude with Ezzy, is just give the ball, let him play, see what he can do, and he's certainly hurting teams. And once the other players around him find their form, I think he probably will go. To be fair, but what a talent! I mean, not in the same league as Adele Trap just yet, but my God, we, we, he's, he's an absolute classic case of. Uh, pick what you can pick up from other clubs, which is something that you guys have been doing. I think something that QPR is going to be trying to do for the next three or four years. Uh, regarding transfer window, um, it's hard to know how we're going to st- strengthen things at the back um, or midfield or even a forward line. We need to look at a lot of things, I guess, like everyone else this division does. But I'd be quite happy to keep the same squad and and if we keep hold of Eze and Manning um, is build on them and the industrious and hard-working uh, Cher, who is a real talent and a, a lad that can go very far in this game. So we'll keep hold of them. Maybe if we do lose Ezzy, we'll have to bring some experience in. Um, but last week, I'd have asked you for two new centre-halves. But I have to say, Madison and... Sorry, Madison and... Cameron solidly against um, Cardiff, Swansea at the weekend. They were pretty damn amazing and they did a great job and I was quite impressed with them. So I'm not as worried as I was a wee while ago, but yeah, we probably, every team, listen, every team can strengthen and one thing QPR seems to never have is our willingness to go in and, and give players and, and give them a go. So, yeah, we'll probably will bring a few players in, but I'd like to see more of the kids giving a go. We've got to get this youth policy up and working and going, but at the same time, I'd also like us to bring in a striker to learn from Wales and Hugo while they're here. So next season, we don't have to go into the loan market and put all our eggs in one big basket with, with loan strikers and have our own that we can bring forward. Um, historic games between QPR and Brentford. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? Of course you do. Um, is when Bertram scored an absolute peach of a volley um, in the last minute, which full-on pitch invasion from the old-style terracing. And um, that's my memory of Griffin Park. Um, it's absolutely outstanding, that game, and it was a great goal. I think it's the first time we'd played each other for a wee while. And, um, yeah, loved it, to be fair. Obviously, you guys have had the upper hand in encounters, winning at Lost Road for the first time in God knows how long, a few years ago. And you certainly have the... Um, the beating of us in recent games but you know what maybe after we declared war on wheels and um, hammered them 11-2 we can carry that into the game because of course we're in form of course we want to win of course we want to have our supporters feeling proud again that you know 
we've we've took our position back to how it was because the last few derbies against Fulham yourselves and I don't think the real QPRs stood up. So it would be nice even if we don't get the result we 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 we, we, we want um, that we can be pretty proud of how they, they, they played because that's all this about these days. I mean. People will still talk about us being a money club and this, that and the other. I don't care about that. I just want to see players put on that show and care. And if we become a selling club again, so be it. As long as they have a lot of pride for when they're here and can do things better for um, the team and, and develop into great players. And we've got nothing to worry about in that respect. And we just need to get that emotion like you guys did. Um, there's, there's no doubt about it. Brentford have certainly got a, a good way of doing things. And I think it's something that we can learn from. And... I'm sure he will, and we will get better. Looking forward to it Saturday. School prediction. Ooh. 2-1 Rangers. And I'm not allowing my real um, thoughts to come out in this podcast because I'll probably get absolutely hammered by myself. So I think we'll win. I want us to win. We need to win. We need to get some pride back. And um, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully Rangers will do the job and come out on top. The players that worries me for Brentford, obviously, is your forwards. Um, Ollie certainly causes a lot of problems at uh, Rangers, and I think that will continue to be fair. I think he's a great signing for you guys. He seems to be totally on form, but you know what? Hopefully, if the defence can do their job and keep them on the wraps, then we've got a chance. And I think what we will be dangerous on Saturday was on the break. We've certainly set up for that. And um, hopefully Lumley will have one of his better games, if he's playing, or Kelly, depending who's in nets. And we can go forward from there. The other thing that we've got, hopefully, going for us is we, we, we seem to find our feet a wee bit and our confidence. Because basically all season long, I think our biggest problem has been confidence. It's been... The belief in yourself, the belief in your teammates and the belief to go forward. Um, I don't know if that's something that Wolves have with you guys, but, you know, QPR is going to be... Oh, I hate them words. You know when they use the words projects and this and that, but it's not a project. It's going to be a labour of love for many a manager. Um, and I just hope we get... We need to stick with Wolverton. We need to stick with someone. We need to give someone a chance and they can work with Les and Lee Hughes and get the club back on its feet. And um, so every time we play you... Yeah, for the next few seasons we can we can make a fist of it and the real QPR can stand up and um, listen as long as it's a good game and everyone enjoys themselves on Saturday there's no there's no hassle and I hate early kickoffs and I hate Sky but apart from that hope it's a good game and see you guys Saturday cheerio As I said, my pottiness for Saturday is is is, is cranking up um, and as I said also, if we do beat them, I'm coming off the wagon and I will have a few drinks to celebrate because these moments in your Brentford supporting life need to be celebrated when you beat your local rivals. But Saturday, more than that to me, it's, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, big, a big West London derby, but I, I think that we are building some momentum. Whether it ends up in promotion... It's going to be fascinating to find out, but we can only go one game at a time. I know it's a cliche, but the next game up is a biggie. 12.30 kickoff at Griffin Park. It's a sellout. Trevor, Saturday morning, how pot are you going to be? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think what, what, what I love about these fixtures, including the one with Fulham, is when you read on the... Uh, well, once you beat them or whatever, when you read on their forums afterwards that... Their team wasn't up for it, that they don't get it about the local derby, that we're always up for these local derbies more than they are, and they just don't understand why. Of course, we do, of course. We've got 
people give him in the camp, who's telling them and winding them up and everything. And uh, this is where he sort of comes into his own. In fact, I spoke with um, Peter, I think, just for the Fulham game and said, do you do the same with Fulham as you do with QPR? I said, well, he said, they get QPR light, but they still know it means something to them. So um, I'm more of a sort of Fulham than a QPR sort of person because of a different era than, than Peter. I hope he doesn't mind me saying that. Um, but I think that this is why we win these local derbies is because Peter gets into him tells them what it's all about and I just don't think that QPR or Fulham have that in the club they don't have that history in the club to to get their players up for it and they're shocked when they come here and find that um, our players don't want to leave the pitch without three points so it'll be the same again on Saturday but but we're seeing that I mean you know they don't want to leave the field without three points whoever we're playing at the moment but I just obviously there is going to be an extra extra ingredient yeah, I, you know me up for it. I don't really subscribe to it so much, but because I just I just think we're better than they are, and I don't. We're, we're just a we're a better team than them. Um, as it stands, we we are. You know um, who's their centre back? Um, the German guy. He's not he's not getting anywhere near our top five centre backs. You know uh, we're a better team than they are, and and that's and that's basically what it is. On Saturday. Any normal game, I'm sure we will have more possession. I'm sure we'll create more chances than them. And then the rest of it's in the lap of the gods. Are you concerned about Warbs is attacking threats? It's funny that, because as I said, I'm sure we'll have more chances than them. I thought, oh, hang on, Warbs. And um, I, yeah, you do, don't you? You know, they, they could score a couple of goals. Uh, they've been scoring goals for fun recently. They won't carry on doing it, as we all know under Warbs. You know, you, you have peaks and troughs, and um, they, they probably had their peak, and maybe they're on their, you know, hopefully they're on their way into a trough. They'll be full of confidence, I'm sure. We just need to nullify them for the first 20 minutes and take control of the game. Yeah, I, I don't mind if they score, as long as we outscore them. I'm happy with 4 2. I think I think it's we've got a different defensive qualities than these teams they've been playing recently. I think if you look at QPR's goals they scored against Leeds and West Brom, it's been zero. Uh, I expect it to be zero again on um, on Saturday. And I take your point, Matt. We are a better team then, but I do take delight in reading on the opposition's f- forums that uh, they don't they they're confused as to why their teams aren't up for that match in particular, and and and, and we are, and we all yeah. know the reason why. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm trying think, to say. You know, for, for 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 up for it, you could also read. Having the right attitude and the right the right the right approach to the game, and you know, some people call it up more up for it than them. It's like you know they they they're more we're more focused. But you're right, we are a better team, and I have every every hope and expectation that when we walk back into the pub after the game on Saturday, we're going to have big smiles on our faces. Yeah, and I think another thing is I know you you mentioned the exchange earlier. I think this will be our record crowd at Griffin Park in its current configuration. Um, but looking at the amount of tickets that are available on the exchange and the, the fact that we're sold out and the fact that it's QPR, I think we're going to we're going to break the record for for people in the stadium at Griffin Park for this in this particular configuration. So it's, that's it's, it's a shame we can't beat the uh, the actual Griffin Park record, um, which was for Leicester City's visit in the FA Cup. In 49, I think it was 38, 39,000. So, um, not sure uh, yeah, I don't think we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to sell the tickets four times over. I think, anyway, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast tonight. Um, a couple of little mentions before I go. Uh, the Bas- 
excited end of season social. Uh, we've got two very, very big names guaranteed for that already. There's going to be another one, probably two more ex-players to confirm for Friday, May the 1st. It's the night before the final league fixture at Griffin Park against Barnsley. It's an early kickoff. We're going to have a late night before then. It's going to be, well, what we're hoping is we can keep that euphoric feeling from celebrating our past into celebrating promotion the next morning. So uh, tickets are going to go on sale. Um, links are going to be on Twitter and the Besotted socials and um, online through besotted.com very soon. Just got to, got to cement um, one or two more players, but you are you are going to want to be there. The stories that these two guys are going to come out with, well, I'm again, I'm salivating almost as much as I am for the QPR match on Saturday. Cheers for coming down tonight, Trevor. Cheers for coming tonight, the Allard. I want you to bang on the table and give us our usual ending before I cough myself to death. Come on, you bees. Come on, you bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.